Most weeks on First Time Mums Chat, I speak with experts who share tips and insights on a range of topics to help mums commencing their parenting journey. In this week's episode, I'm doing something different. I'm speaking with Seanan Jones, a mum of four, about her early stages in her journey as a parent. When Seanan had her youngest, she had a newborn, a one-year-old, a two-year-old and a three-year-old that was just about to turn four. I think it's safe to say that Seanan's introduction to parenting was something of a baptism of fire. And I thought you would find it interesting to hear some tips and insights on her journey as a parent during her children's early years. If you're overwhelmed and finding it challenging, you won't want to miss this interview. You'll hear Seanan talk about the importance of getting the help you need and not what others think you need. How being organised and having a schedule and routine helped. How your kids want to help you and why you should encourage them. And so much more. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby math art instructor. I know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Seanan, and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. It's great to have you here today. So, you're the mum of four kids who were all born with a small gap in age. So... That's quite a feat. Yeah, it was a lot. We jokingly tell people we survived it. We don't necessarily recommend it, especially when they're (laughs) as close in age as ours are. So they're all about anywhere from 18 months to just under a year apart. So when I had my youngest, we had a newborn, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-year-old that was just getting ready to turn four. Um, I could just about put them all in one stroller. It was a little crazy. (laughs) I can well imagine that because I think for a mum who has all those kids, I would be thinking, oh my God, help, what do I do? You know, even though uh, we had planned to have four, we talked about it, it wasn't like a surprise or anything. When um, I was pregnant with my fourth, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I'm ready to come home to a newborn and three toddlers all by myself. And I reached out to my mom and I was like, can you take vacation time and just give me a week from when I come home from the hospital? So I'm not immediately stepping into all four kids. And and she was sweet enough to do that. My mom's amazing. She's the kind of person that gives you the help you ask for, not the help she thinks you need. I always 
recommend if you're getting somebody to help you that it's somebody who's willing to give you the help you ask for and not the help they yes. think you should have. Yeah, because I know some mums, um, all these lovely friends and neighbours come in and say, oh, I'll do this for you and I'll do that for you. When you actually sort of think, well, no, actually, I would just like you to take some washing out for me or make me a cup of tea or or whatever it is. I always had somebody who was like, oh, I'll hold the baby for you. My goodness, newborns aren't going anywhere. I mean, they're not moving. They're not rolling over. Who wants to help with the toddler that's jumping off the couch? (laughs) Well, I think it depends. I come from a childcare background. And I think I would probably go to entertaining the toddler because I would realize that the mother who's got the baby is trying to breastfeed or trying to have a sleep and the baby's lying quietly. So the idea is to help with the toddler who may be being a bit more active and a bit more noisy. So you might say, okay, let's go out for a walk or let's go and see what we can find in the garden or do something more like that. Yeah, and I think that's the help that most people with multiple kids need. Anybody listening who has multiple kids, if you have more than two, then you know that's the point at which things change. The change from one to two wasn't like a major change for us and the change from three to four wasn't a major change. But that change from two to three, that was the doozy. That's the point at which there's more of them than there are of you. If you have the kids by yourself, you can't hold everybody's hand. You're now officially as a couple outnumbered. So so that's where you really have to start to get more organized. And I'm a planner. I know that's not everybody's thing. And I, I certainly encourage people to do what works for them. But for me, I had to have a schedule and it doesn't mean you always stick to the schedule, but I I just for kind of my own sanity, I had to have one. So I would kind of get the baby on a schedule as soon as the baby would allow, right? And have a schedule for myself just because it gave me a sense of that sanity for the day. Okay, this is my plan for the day. Things change. That's okay. You have to give yourself grace for things to change too. What about routines? Here's an example. You might be going out for the day to visit family friends and you know that you've got to be there at 11 o'clock. So you might plan the day to get ready to go by nine, get the kids organized by 10. So that when you actually go out the door, there's no rush and panic. If you have that rush and panic, by the time you get out the door, you know that your sleep routine and all that has just gone out the window and you just have to say to yourself, right, this is just not going to work today. And again, it's giving yourself that grace, right? And knowing that that's okay. And everybody understands when you have kids that things, or they should, that things don't go exactly as planned. And if they don't, well, then they don't. But sometimes that happens with kids. It's unpredictable, just like in life. And so you have to have that flexibility and and be able to adapt and pivot and just do what's going to work best for you. The other thing that I found was helpful with a routine, and I was pretty comfortable when I had kids because I had babysat a lot. So for me, that made a big difference. It wasn't like my first rodeo. But the other thing that a routine did for me is, especially when baby's little, right? They can't tell you what's wrong. And so it, it was the closest thing to being able to go, okay, well, they're normally fussy at this time or they're normally hungry at this time. Mm. And then that kind of helps you start to differentiate whether this is just like a normal cry because they're tired or they're hungry or something is more likely to be wrong. And when you're a new mom, 
and everything's new and you're still figuring it all out, I've found a routine helpful for that too. I am really passionate about First Time Moms Chat and providing a weekly resource that helps parents who are new to the whole world of parenting. And I want to hear from you. I warmly welcome questions and feedback and comments on my podcast episodes. You can send me a voicemail message quickly and easily from your smartphone or computer by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash message. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash message. Yeah, I, I did a podcast with a lady called Sonia Preston who works with the Dunstan Baby Language. And people say that babies can't communicate. But babies, as you know, communicate through crying. That's their way of communicating. But there are sounds that they make that are telling you whether they're hungry or whether they're tired or whether they've got wind. And I just thought I'd mention it because you said they can't tell you what they're saying if they're hungry. If you listen to your baby's cries, there are four or five different cries. If they're hungry, they'll put their tongue on the back of their mouth and they get ne, ne, ne. And yeah. if you listen to that, you'll actually know that they're hungry. Right. Well, and sometimes you'll hear that seed to the mom, they'll go, oh, the baby's crying. And they'll go, no, no, they're fine. That's just the I'm hungry cry and I'm making a bottle right now. Or that's the I need to be changed cry and I'm grabbing a diaper and a, and a wipey. So it, they're fine. And again, like you said, it takes some time and you have to really be tuned to get mm -hmm. that. And then for me personally, it's not everybody, but routine helped with that, right? Because you yes. just start to get a yes. sense of generally speaking, not all the time, this is when they're hungry. This is when they need to be changed. This is when they're going to go to sleep. And, and so it just, again, helps you as a mom to start to tune into those things a little better. And I kept a calendar for myself, which I was a person who did that before, just of tasks that needed to be done because you get that mom brain and you have so much else going on that it just helps to be organized. And then I know some people love to cook. I, I cook because people need to eat. It wasn't necessarily a passion for me. And so it helped me to meal plan too, because when I didn't, mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time thinking about what I was going to make. Whereas when I meal plan, I just know what I'm going to make that day and yes. I don't have to think about it, right? I can imagine there's some people going, no, no, I don't want to do that. And if everything's working great for you, then you don't need to make any changes. But if it's not, if you're frustrated, if you're having a hard time, that might be a thing to try for a week or a month and see if it helps you. You would be surprised how much time you spend thinking about what you're going to make for dinner. And what meal planning, this is something that so many moms questioned when I was working in childcare. They always used to say, well, do I meal plan? Or when I'm pregnant, is it worse bulking and making a lot of dishes so that they're actually in the freezer? So when the baby comes, all I need to do is think, oh, right, well, shepherd's pie. Or I did some of that with a girlfriend where we made meals and froze them. And it was just nice to know that if I didn't plan, I knew I had a soup or a meatloaf or something that was just in the freezer and ready to go. Yeah. So that was nice. And then sometimes my meal planning wasn't like that kind of thing, but it was just my list. I had my 10 go-to meals mm. and I would make those every two weeks. And then two weeks later, it would kind of start over. And I had a couple of days that were leftover days, like a roasted chicken. Then the next day would be chicken and gravy over mashed potatoes, you know, things that were easy. And then you want to get creative. You want to have a, a fancy night. Yay for you, do that. But just on your day-to-day, -day, getting through your day, if you're working and you have small kids, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you have small kids and you got a lot going on, 
it's just nice to have one less thing that you're lamenting over versus just already having a plan for it and going, okay, I'm making this today. And you don't spend a half an hour trying to figure it out. Yeah, I always say to people and to mums that you're a first time mum, not just to your first baby, but to all your babies and all your kids. You're still a first time mum to those kids. But as a mum who's just come out of hospital or just had the baby at home, you're so sleep deprived, you're exhausted, and you're looking at this baby, you're thinking, oh my God, all I want to do is sleep. I don't really want to have anything to do with this baby. So having something organized beforehand. It's good because then your partner or a friend can just come around and say, all right, I see you've got this in the freezer and just pull it out and there you go. People think it's easy and it's not always that easy. No, it's not easy to be a parent. It's not for the faint of heart. It's a lot of work and that's okay. It's not a bad thing, but it's certainly not easy. You know, that's for sure. Yeah. How old are your kids now? Because you've gone through it with four kids. So my kids are grown now. So we're 24, 25, 27, 28. So we're kind of on the back end of that deal. Not that you ever stop being a mom because you don't. You don't ever stop worrying. What you worry about changes when you're little, you're worried about whether they're getting enough to eat, if they're sick, those kinds of things. But you have control over a lot. You have control over what they eat and where they go and what they wear and that kind of thing. When they're grown, you don't have a control over anything in their life. What about being a grandmother? We're not there yet and I'm not pushing anybody. So that happens when you're ready for it. So when we have grandkids, it will be wonderful, but we're not planting those seeds because they'll have kids when they're ready. Sometimes people get pushed to have kids and and kids are a lot of work. So you need to do it when you want to, when you feel like you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any fun free activities? as a mom when your kids were five, four, three, and two, because it's a year apart. Is there any sort of fun activities or tips that you'd give to a, a mom who's got, say, three kids who's at that stage where they're just tearing their hair out, thinking, oh, my God, what can I do with these kids? Well, kids don't see anything as work unless you mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. it feel like work for yeah, them. That's true. So I used to have the kids really involved. I would have them help me with the laundry or I would help them even at five. I would help them have me wash dishes. Now you have to have some patience for that yeah, okay. <laughs> because they're on a little chair next to you and maybe I'd wash and they would just rinse a little cup and put it in the drainer. But just getting them involved. Kids want to help. And yeah. so I, I had a drawer that had Tupperware that they couldn't break that they could play with in the kitchen. I had them with me doing a lot of different things and involved because kids, they just innately want to help. You just have to have patience. That was the hardest thing for me. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, whatever I was doing, they were doing. And then they naturally learn to help with the laundry or help with dishes. And then that helps make them, as they grow older, a self-sufficient person. Like, yes. And it's the level at what they can do, right? So at three years old, you're certainly not changing a diaper, but they could bring me the wipes, right? Yes. You're not folding laundry, but they can take the laundry out of the dryer and put it in a little basket. They think that's fun. And you're mm-hmm. standing right there with them and you're talking to them and maybe you're singing a little song. When you get kids involved and they're engaged, now they're not running around tearing things up and they feel like a big boy or big girl because they're helping and Mm, they're excited They feel proud of themselves. So get them involved. That's what I do. I love those tips because if you get kids involved and engaged in what you're doing, they're much more likely to cooperate with you and help you 
Whereas if you just say, oh, no, no, don't do that, off you go and play, then they're more likely to cause disruption and pull their sister's hair or do whatever. Kids don't know the difference between work and play. They think helping you with the laundry is fun. You give a kid a little toy vacuum or a broom, they think that stuff is fun. And as long as you keep it that way and, oh, you're helping and what a big boy, what a big girl you are. And they're with you. They just want to be with you. And I love the idea, back to what you said about the Tupperware container, you had a a bottom drawer in the kitchen with the kids. If you're doing something, if you're cutting something up and they can't use a sharp knife, you can give them that little drawer and they know that that drawer's for them. And they can pull out a plastic knife or they can pull out a plastic bowl and they say, oh, mommy, can I help you cut the tomato or whatever? I've got my knife. And I think having a a drawer in the kitchen where kids know that it's their drawer and it's safe. It's so much easier than saying, okay, sorry, you can't have that. You can say, oh, well, go to your drawer. You might find a knife in there. So you're encouraging them to help you, but you're also encouraging them to keep safe as well. So I, yeah, I think that's yeah, a great, great tip. The kids at 18 months or two years old sitting on the floor in the kitchen while I was cooking or doing whatever. And they, take the bowl out and they put it back in the drawer and they'd stack them up and they weren't in the way. They weren't crawling. They were stationary Mm -hmm. in one place. I could see where they were. I knew they were safe. And it really gave me a little time back to do whatever I needed to do. Yeah. When you're at home with kids, it's so much easier if you can do something like that. So is there anything else you'd like to add? Any final tips? I think lastly is just to give yourself some grace. I don't expect perfection. It's okay if things go wrong. And to the best of your ability, enjoy that time. It sounds cliche, but it goes fast. It really does. They're only babies once. They're only three months old once, six months old. It just goes so fast. So to the best of your ability and all the tired and the chaos, just enjoy it and enjoy the little moments that you have. They're really special and you truly don't get them back. So just give yourself some grace as well. Thank you for sharing all your wonderful tips. If parents wanted to get in touch with you, is there any way they can do that? Sure, yeah. I'm on Instagram at JonesStyle, J-O-N-E-S-S-T-Y-L-E, and always answer DMs and everything so they can absolutely reach me there. Okay, thank you, Seanan. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I've really enjoyed chatting with you and thank you for all your tips because I think it's always good to talk to mums and to hear other mums who have gone through it so you know that it's normal to feel the way you're feeling so thank you so much I've enjoyed talking to you. Same here appreciate it. I hope that you find Seanan's pearls of wisdom of help to you. I find listening to her approach when she was raising her four then young kids highly informative and I love how positive she was about her journey. I've included links in the show notes to where you can connect with Seanan on Instagram at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash 073. Please help me spread the word to other mums by rating and reviewing my podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps me support more mums, yes, just like you, for a smooth journey into the exciting world of parenthood.